0: Can we take everybody to a class on search engine optimization, please? Hello and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 181 for the week of February 6th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by Mike O'Comb. Hey Mike! Hello! In this episode, we'll be united by music as all of Europe goes into Eurovision mode. Oh
1: boy, all of Europe is correct. Like I feel like this weekend was kind of a practice run for what next weekend is going to be like. I don't think I'm ready for next weekend. No, no. That's that's the main (laughs) thing I learned from yesterday
0: is just I am tired and I am
1: achy. And oh boy, this was the warm up. Just got to get some more stretches in and make peace with the fact that my eyes will probably start bleeding at about 5 p.m. on Saturday. And that's fine. Yes, it's okay. It's okay. We're ready. We know what to expect. There has been so much news that
0: when I look at the top of our show notes, I'm just like, wait, that happened this week. If you had told me that the semifinal allocation was a month ago, I would believe you. I mean, technically it was a month ago because we're, we're speaking in February and it took place at the very end of January, but...
1: Yes, but just... even without that technicality, it still feels like it happened
0: about seven years ago. Yeah! The handover has generally not been that much of an event. Like, it combines all of the excitement of, like, a, a local lottery draw with all of the bits of the Olympics opening ceremony that aren't the artistic portion. They're just sort of, oh, hello! We're shaking hands and here's a flag. Bits. But But like, this was well produced. Like, I I got hype.
1: I'm actually kind of hopeful that this is a tradition that they carry forward from this like it really felt like it was an advertisement for Eurovision from the broadcaster the broadcaster should be talking this up and getting people excited for it because it's going to be affecting Liverpool possibly long term like there could be some major tourism impact there was a report that came out this week about how Turin benefited from the economic impact of hosting Eurovision it is a big financial deal and yeah they, they should be showcasing that and I agree I thought the special was fantastically produced. Watching the
0: opening video package of Eurovision moments and having it be contemporary things with no Bucks Fizz in sight, and to have the combination of Rylan and AJ Adudu were
1: absolutely the correct combo of hosts to get you excited. I agree. You can feel that there has been a sea change in at least the BBC's approach to Eurovision. I think the jury may still be out on how the UK as a whole is accepting toward Eurovision, because I think there is still kind of like an editorial slant against it or skeptical of it. Yes, This is very promising, all the more excited for what May is going to have in store. The
0: effervescent energy from AJ the entire time. Stick her in the green room, not even necessarily in an official capacity, just like have her there, warmly radiating just love. Rylan felt like he was reciting the various facts about the nations off the top of his head. Nothing from a teleprompter. He follows this. He likes it.
1: Yeah, it really kind of reminded me of how Johnny Weir was handling the host. on Peacock. This is someone who is actually a fan and wants to encourage other people to participate. There wasn't a gatekeeping aspect to it, and there was genuine enthusiasm behind it.
0: The main thing that shook out of that is there are 15 nations in the first semifinal with France, Germany, and Italy voting from the auto-qualifiers, and there are 16 in the second semifinal with Spain, Ukraine, and the UK voting in that semifinal. We now know that ticket info is expected by the end of the month. Uh, We have a concept video of the stage. It's happening.
1: I'm still kind of Finding myself taken by surprise of the size of audiences and the placement of audiences. I still haven't made that mental shift. Yet in I don't want to say post pandemic because we are not post pandemic. <laughs> no, but, no, we uh, are still in a pandemic. Yes, but it's just like yeah, they're going back to having the audience up against the stage and seeing that I'd be like oh okay, are we ready for that? Are we ready to take the training wheels off? Like it, it's that kind of feeling. But I think the stage looks cool. I'm I'm a little nervous about the rotating light displays based on how the kinetic sun fizzled last year. I feel
0: much more comfortable that the focus is on the rotating light displays and not also. So a water feature? Maybe
1: removing that one accessory before leaving the house is all they needed to do. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: thank, Yes, thank you, UK, for, for the practicality of, okay, we can't do multiple things at the same
1: time. I guess we can get into some of the song selections that have happened this week. We're starting to build out the field that will be taking part in those semifinals in May. First one on our list comes from Ireland. They ended up selecting Wild Youth with the song We Are One. So, this final. Um... <laughs>
0: Let's buckle up.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Picking up from what we were talking about last week, I said that I wasn't very enthusiastic about the field of options that were presented, and the show really did its darndest to make sure that they were not showcased in the best way possible. (laughs) (laughs) There is a level
0: of weirdness that happens in the various national selections that completely goes over my head because generally they are not held in English. Watching the Late Late Show in Ireland, which admittedly I don't watch the show regularly, I don't know what parts of the thing are just part of its format and what is just special for the Eurosong selection phase of it. But the vibe was weird.
1: I would agree with that. The sponsored bit involving that giant chest filled with peanut butter jars. And that seemed to be when the audience was genuinely enthusiastic. <laughs> Honestly, based on audience response, they should send the peanut butter
0: to Eurovision. Yeah, I mean, they may have a better shot. Watching the the opening package have not only our friends Bucks Fizz, but also a clip of My Lovely Horse, a fictional Eurovision song, where the whole point of it is that Ireland did not want to win, does not set a great tone for the evening.
1: It really seemed like there was this archness that I I think we typically expect from the UK, and that seems to have transferred completely over to ireland there were six songs that were competing in the final and there were audio issues for i think all of them
0: and i don't know if it's just that the studio is in the same situation as like studio 8h for snl SNL is known as a tastemaker, but also that the audio in, in Studio 8H is just notoriously bad. Why is there not an audio engineer who knows how to work with that space, and both for Studio 8H and Ireland?
1: I am also not a regular watcher of The Late Late Show. I presume they have musical guests from time to time, and like the show has been on for over 60 years, so I would think they would have figured that part out. Out by now, and this is not the first time they've done a Euro song. They did it last year. They've done it in the past, and I do not recall there being this many like people just could not find the note. It seemed like there was something up with their monitors. That includes Public Image Limited. These are musicians who have been in the business for decades, and I'm pretty sure they don't sound like that in most live situations. It was just unbearable <laughs> to listen to a lot of the time.
0: No, it was just like a deeply uncomfortable experience because. People be having vocal issues and then just sort of the green room person, who was delightful, just being like, you have a great voice for radio.
1: I think they are enthusiastic, but completely lost. And it's it's interesting because they had the in-studio panel, and two of the panelists were Jedward. And I was like, oh, it's nice to see those guys again. And Mm -hmm. they were giving such great critiques to all of the contestants. Really good constructive criticism. But one of the things that they kept on saying that I don't think really sunk in for anybody is the face of Eurovision has changed. The face of Eurovision has changed. <laughs> yeah it's, just like, yes. it's like, they wanted to grab somebody's shirt collar and shake them and be like, please, do something different. <laughs> the rest of the panel, during
0: things like Public Image Limited, which we have discussed on the program, just our feelings towards that song, mm-hmm. and just everybody finding ways to be nice and go, this isn't Eurovision. Any song can be Eurovision. If you send it to the Eurovision Song Contest, it is a Eurovision song. But everybody just sort of dancing around, just like, this is not... This isn't it. And just in like a very Midwestern mom sort of a way. Like I felt very much at home.
1: I get that. You could say this isn't it, but then it's like, okay, well, which one of the other options is it? Nobody really wanted to answer that question. Like they were doing as much hedging as possible. One of the panelists actually said that they didn't want to be the Simon Cowell when they were saying something even slightly negative, but correct. If you don't want to do that, like, why did you sign up for this role?
0: The thought behind the structure of how this is working is interesting because you have an international journalist. That had a pretty good makeup. You had Emily DeForest, but you also had like a bunch of music industry professionals who clearly are into this. Even the Irish jury, you had relatively young industry professionals who theoretically have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in pop music and will pick something good. And and then you also have this in studio panel that has Jedward being the voice of reason to to hopefully guide your televoters. They almost got there. I think ultimately it came down to Connolly's Midnight Summer Night, which I initially thought was a little bit too Coldplay. I, I've listened to it. A couple Couple times since then, like, no, this was this is something that felt very Ireland in a way that what they're
1: sending, Wild Use, we are one, just does not. I think the other thing that I find really weird about this process is it's two thirds jury decision, it's only one third televote that is weighing in on this, and the semi finals are now 100% televote. So it seems weird to maintain that kind of. Really, I think ultimately what I would like Ireland to do is if they're going to have some sort of selection process, extract it from the Late Late Show. I I feel like that environment is not the right environment at this point. I don't have a sense of who the audience is for the Late Late Show since it's on Friday evenings at like 9.30 local time. I'm guessing it's not the youth vote so much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I did like that Ryan tobridy seemed to be walking the thin line between taking this seriously and saying something in the room has a chance tonight there's like a wryness to all of it and a very irish sense of humor about it mm-hmm. where I'm like I can't tell if this is meant seriously or not which I I enjoyed the entire night was just kind of weird I had the best time during the deeply chaotic interval act featuring neve Kavanaugh here are the maximum number of seconds of this song we can perform without having to pay them the light Licensing rights before we cut over to another thing and here's neve to sing her song which we definitely have the money for it was real stars on 45
1: we should maybe talk about the actual winners (laughs) oh do we have to uh i mean we should at least give them (laughs) we should uh, we should
0: some lip service
1: We are one wild youth. In my notes, I have it as if fun were a boy band, question mark, (laughs) and mid-teens, unearned anthem, what have you. It leaves me cold at this point.
0: It sounds like you two leading a mega church worship band, mm. uh, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then lyrically, it feels like the sort of thing that the Swedes open Melfest with as the overall theme, but that they know is slightly too cheesy and too let's all hold hands around the world to actually enter.
1: It does have a Swedish songwriter.
0: Oh, you could tell. Somebody pitched the, the idea of the theme of We Are One to, to Melfest this year, and they're like, no, that was the theme we had for Eurovision in 2013. We can't do that again. You don't lose points in Eurovision. So send something that maybe isn't for everybody because like if you fail on that at least you tried. If you just send something kind of bland in the middle of the road like this you're going to get lost in the shuffle. It's still early enough that we haven't seen the full build out of what semifinal one looks like so I don't know maybe but there are a lot of heavy hitters there who I think are going to send something
1: unique. I think they made the best of a increasingly bad situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so much of this is an own goal.
0: Again like I talked about like the core cold plainness of midnight summer night like it's very vh1 core but it stuck with you in a way that this one just doesn't when it got down to these two i'm like well clearly clearly the the televote's going to prefer the the unique thing from the person who wrote this during lockdown uh and no they they were like no we should send the swedish thing like other nations stop trying to be sweden sweden is very good at that we'll get into that yeah Uh, (laughs) like they're they're too good at it and like it's not it hasn't been working for them so why are you doing it
1: another Band that will be competing at Eurovision is Choker Out for Slovenia, and they released their entry "Carpe Diem."
0: I like this one a lot. Like, I I sort of listened to it in the mix of everything else and didn't give it my full attention yesterday. And then today I went and saw that there was a version from the television special where they performed it live. And this band has presence. I get why they picked Joker out. I keep wanting to compare this act and this entry to Monoskin, even though it's not really Monaskin-y. It's, it's just like a young band and they're doing an
1: indie rock thing. I kind of get that. Because I remember when we were talking about Monoskin, there was a lot of the comparison to like those early aughts bands of like... The Somethings. I was getting kind of a like Franz Ferdinand
0: vibe. Yeah, like it's a very 2000s indie rock vibe.
1: Franz Ferdinand, The Bravery. This has caught my attention in a good way.
0: I think Slovenia absolutely made the right choice going with these guys, especially if they're doing numbers in Slovenia. One thing I'm noticing with both these guys and Wild Youth, the Harry styles of rock frontmen, everybody is in floral shirts and or sparkly jumpsuits now, which I'm not mad about, but like it feels much more authentic to this group than it does to wild youth wild youth it feels like they're absolutely jumping on a trend
1: not to get too much back into ireland but it really did seem like they were wearing more of a costume Rather, yeah it felt real cost
0: to me and like uh just joker out just like feels like like i liked their presence i think if slovenia doesn't muck up the staging too much and just lets them be charismatic on the stage it will carry them far
1: i feel kind of bad that we don't have as much to say about slovenia but you know what
0: They, they they didn't make us watch two hours of peanut butter coverage so Also happening amidst the Joker out selection on this Saturday, we had Norway finally selecting their entry. This is like the the second, third, maybe even fourth year in a row where I have been shown too much of the sausage making process, Mm -hmm. and I am just irritated by the end of it. And then we get to the final, like, oh, that's, you know, this turned out pretty good, all things considered.
1: That was a decent show. Overall, I think the final was good. I think I would have really enjoyed it if we just had the final final and not the three weeks leading into it
0: norway used to be much more exciting when i didn't get to see the 16 things that didn't work
1: i don't know if i'm necessarily surprised by this outcome i'm not enthusiastic about this outcome if i'm being honest like uh well i guess we should we should say what the winner was the winner was alessandra with queen of kings I, I don't know what to do with this song.
0: <laughs> same. It has, like, sort of the same sort of sea shanty vibe as what opened the show. I'm just like, sea shanty, but we ran it through the DDR machine in a different way. I don't know what to make of it, where I'm just like, okay, yeah, like, it's definitely a thing we see at Eurovision, but it doesn't immediately scream winner to me. It, it gets stuck in my head, I don't even have, I don't have words for it. Have I listened to it? Yes. Has it registered anything with me? Not really.
1: It seems to be resonating with people because it won the international jury and it crushed the televote. She got like 109 points, I think it was with the televote, and that would have put her in third place like, regardless. Like, she could have gotten zero from the jury and still finished in third. The
0: runaway favorite of this Nanette of entries.
1: al finished second in the televote, third with the jury. Etla Pedersen finished second with the jury. And Swing It finished third with the televote. I, I have no words.
0: Uh, Just <laughs> taste issues, Norway, taste issues. Thankfully, at least the international jury was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> that
1: one and Umami Tsunami did not really resonate with the juries, but did very well with the audience, although there just wasn't a lot of audience points to go around. That was the thing that I found most surprising. I thought it was going to be a three-way race between Alessandra, Ulrike, and Atla. I thought there would be a closer distribution of points there. That was not the case. Oh, 40 points, that's not great. It's like, oh no, 40 points, that's going to get you fourth.
0: Once I realized that like that was fourth, I was like, oh, yeah, like why are we drawing out the the final two thing? Like It's clearly Alessandra. The other major reveal from the Norwegian selection was... Yes,
1: we are going to find out who for are. Like honestly, it was like now or never. Forever a mystery. They were debuting their new track "Worst Kept Secret." It started out with "Give that wolf a banana," of course, and then in the transition to that song, they uh, <laughs> kind of engaged in some body horror. They like you could see the, <laughs> the zipper for their yellow suits protruding from their scalps, and it's like, ah, oh, this is just really upsetting. Like I know what's I know what's about to happen, and it could be horrifying. In mm-hmm. like if this were. Like a Cronenberg film or something. Yeah.
0: The Cronenberg version of this they're somehow covered in goop.
1: I think I was kind of expecting that to just like have them be covered in banana or something. (laughs) I definitely expected them to be sweatier. Yeah. Um What is their secret? <laughs> well, they weren't moving around as much. Like they were just kind of sauntering.
0: The internet's general reaction is like, "Who?" As I have been saying from the rooftops since last February, if you looked at the car registration records of the people who were in the arena during the recording of the backup process, go on. <laughs> this is what the internet was doing. I merely I merely read the reports. It's Ben Adams and Gauti ornason Ben Adams had a co-write on at least one song this year. I believe he may have co-written Orica's song. But he's also part of the boy band A1. My favorite uh British Norwegian boy band Gauté Ornason this was not his first MGP rodeo either believe he was involved in like the 2013 maybe the 2011 selection
1: so he's been in the mix yeah and he was also a runner up on norway's version of idol like way back in 2003 he's been around but yeah it was definitely like one of those reveals where it's just like oh i know that one guy i don't know who this other person is but uh good for, good for them good for them good for uh, good for
0: them uh it sounds like they're going to continue doing subwoofer stuff in some respect if if instagram is to be believed also yeah. we still don't know who dj astronaut is
1: yeah i'm kind of annoyed about that but uh uh, they are supposed to be performing at Song Viknin, so maybe that's where Astro Oh yeah, will be you gotta yeah, middle, you gotta keep like so. some yeah, you gotta keep a little surprise. Keep some of the magic. Yeah. Also, what are they going to do at Song Viknon now? It's like are they gonna be in costume like that? that like is, is that gonna be weird now? <laughs> <laughs> the big event for this week was Spain's Benidorm festival. It was two semifinals, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday, and then the final was on Saturday. Uh, RTVE was making it very annoying to watch this year. I'm not sure yes. why. I, I felt it was easier last year, but maybe I'm misremembering that.
0: I was absolutely able to watch the process with the RTVE app on my Apple TV last year. And this year, anytime I tried, it was just like, you are not in Spain.
1: The first semifinal I thought was great. Agone won the first semifinal. Uh, he won the jury and televote. Meller, who did not actually qualify for the final. They won the demoscopic jury. I thought it was a pretty solid set of performances and really good production all around. The second semifinal was a lot like the Irish selection show. Maybe it was the same sound engineer or something. People were really struggling to find the note. It was kind of messy. In that one, Blanca Paloma won. She also won the jury and the televote. Vico won the demoscopic jury, and she was also one of the finalists. I thought the second semifinal was also just a weaker field overall. So were you able to watch the semifinals or were you just able to watch the final?
0: I had other stuff happening on Tuesday where I was not able to watch that semifinal. I did get in, I think, probably about a third of the way in on the second semifinal, and I definitely noted the sound issues you just noted as well, uh, and then caught all of the final.
1: It was a good final. I, mm-hmm. I really yeah, it was a good it. final. Yeah, yeah I,
0: like, I really liked the, the diversity of acts i thought there was some really cool stuff happening and just the level of staging across the board like i felt like spain was going to be in good hands regardless
1: of what won the winner was blanca paloma with her song yeah <laughs> yeah She, again, won the jury of the televote, and Vico won the demoscopic vote, which I find very interesting. Like, the demoscopic jury was on a different wavelength than everybody else, and I'm curious what we should read into that they're picking up on something that the general audience might not be picking up on so uh that's fun
0: the demoscopic juries always sort of throw me off because i don't entirely understand how those were also just like the point system that spain uses just throughout just the the choice of numbers i'm just like i'm sure that this is explained somewhere but i don't fully get it
1: the breakdown is 50 percent jury, 25% demoscopic jury, and then 25% televote. So it's all proportional that way. So kind of the same problem as Ireland, but I don't know why it doesn't bother me as much with Spain as it does with Ireland. I think because <laughs> Ireland does like 12, 10, 8, whereas in Spain it is proportional.
0: So you get like those weirds. we're giving 16 points to this and 22 points to this.
1: It really was not even close. Even though Agone uh, finished in second place, like you knew after I I believe it was vico received her points that blanca paloma had had it in the bag what are your thoughts on yeah yeah
0: so chanel is to barbara pravi that this is to Foulin for me and that i like it a lot i like that it reflects a, a a wing of traditional music from that nation but i'm not sure that it is going to do the same level of success as its predecessor
1: I get that. Yeah. Like, I'm so spooked by how Fulan did not do well last Mm -hmm. year. I do think that this is kind of more in that realm. But Uh I'm thinking that this year might be a year where countries will be tapping more into like their heritage, their ethnic backgrounds. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of non-English entries in the mix. Maybe Fulan was just like right song wrong year, and maybe this is the right year for yeah, yeah. I th- I think where I like the comparison that most resonates with me is with uh, Telemoves, uh, okay, Portuguese yeah. entry from a few years ago. It's very arty, and yes. I think you have to be kind of you have to catch it on the right day for it to really resonate. It wasn't my favorite going into the competition at all. I thought it was going to be like, ooh, this is not the right move for Spain. I could see my appreciation for this one growing as the season progresses. I don't hate the song. I don't love it yet.
0: Okay, have you listened to anything by Rosalia? Not her most recent album, but the one before. does some really, really beautiful stuff with modern flamenco. And that's what this reminded me of. Where this is definitely a music thing I like. And I'm excited to see Spain bring some flamenco to Eurovision. I thought that this was staged really beautifully. But I'm also, like, I think just because of Fula, I'm wondering if this is going to connect or not. I fully agree with you that you need to be in the right headspace for it. And I'm wondering, since this is a direct-to-final, is there going to be
1: time for that headspace to get there? Will she be at the pre-parties? I think that's going to make a big difference. Or are people going to just have to be satisfied with the studio track and the video on YouTube? Yeah. I think this has potential. I'm keeping an eye on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed.
0: One thing that we should talk about, because we couldn't talk about it last week, the Czech Republic's selection, ESCZ. I thought that it was a lot of fun. I liked the, the we're in one studio and we're going to just sort of move the camera around setup thing. I loved that it was a 35
1: minute show. If you have the power to make your selection show 35 minutes, you should do that. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there was no fat on this cut of meat. So it was, it was great. So <laughs> what did you think about the five entries that were up for consideration? Listening
0: through all of the stuff, I don't think I would be terribly mad with any of these choices. My favorite of the
1: bunch is Introvert Party Club. I have that as it could be a sneaky winner. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like Vesna's My Sister's Crown is poised to
0: take this. That one has the sort of love of folk music traditions that I really resonate with. The other one that I think could also be in the mix where it just feels like they're ready to go, and maybe maybe it's their year, maybe not, uh, Pam Rabbit keeps showing up to the CZ selection, and at some point she's going to represent them.
1: I think so too. I don't think this is my favorite song of hers, of Agreed. the ones that she submitted, but I don't think it's a bad song. But I would be surprised if that's the one that comes out of this process.
0: Introvert Party Club feels like it's ready to blow up on TikTok five months from now when somebody discovers.
1: And it really has so much going for it. Like, a cute guy with a guitar putting his, his anxieties on blast. And <laughs> I think that's the only reason that like, I'm not able to get 100% behind that one, just because I only have room in my heart for having my anxieties on blast with one song. And Lithuania's already claimed that spot. So, <laughs> But that was probably going to get eliminated. So this one could probably take its place. Also, very excited to see what the updated stage performances will be, because it was a very small studio that they were working with with a very particular setup. that could be a lot of fun when they have a lot more room to work with.
0: Indeed. So those were all of our selection shows, but that is not the only thing that happened this week. We had so many artist selections, so many. Greece has finally chosen their artist. They have kept us very abreast of the process, I would say. Like, they were just like, here's our shortlist. We've cut the shortlist down to three, and now we've cut it down to one, and that one is Victor Vernikos, who will be performing What They Say. He is the youngest representative ever sent by Greece at 16 years old. The vote came down to an audience committee of 70 people and an ERT committee of seven people where the audience had a slightly larger weight in the voting. And there's already controversy. Of course there
1: is. Uh, <laughs> yes, Melissa Manzukis, who is one of the other contestants on the shortest of shortlists, is considering some legal action based on the results that were released. The ERT jury placed her third. Like 300 votes behind Victor's entry, but she won the audience vote and was 184 points ahead there. She's not really convinced that there would be that much of a split between what the jury thought of the song and what the audience thought of the song, but I don't know what the remedy is. Is yeah here
0: yeah, it just feels like there has been a lot of legal action in the selection process this season we've got this uh Malta's got its own whole deal but we can come back to Malta just because oh boy mm-hmm. we will have a song reveal sometime before the middle of March just given the general schedule of things but we know that it is what they
1: say Austria announced their artist they have a duo taya and Selena who met at orF's starmania 21. they have written an uptempo pop song we don't know what that song is yet, but it will be released on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. I'm not sure how the whole Edgar Allan Poe rumor fits in with any of that. No, uh- <laughs> no. Also, I just,
0: like, Eurovision artists. like, even if you are releasing your song on International Women's Day, do not hitch your wagon to that. that. just It's just weird every time.
1: Yeah, like, I think Russian Woman was the only one where that actually kind of sort of worked. I know Proud was also supposed to be connected that way, I don't think that one was as successful. But if you need to pick a day, fine.
0: Yeah, but but again, like, what does Edgar Allan Poe have to do with any of this? Yes, probably uh, and, possibly
1: nothing. So. Yeah,
0: possibly <laughs> nothing. Yeah, knowing knowing the internet, we saw one T-shirt, and like, we know what's going on. Uh, both of them have been through sort of the the standard pop contestant ringer. Taya participated in both Austria and Serbia's processes in 2020, and Selena was on the Voice of Germany in 2017, where she made it to the third round, and also participated in Austria's 2019 selection process. There are known quantities amongst Austria's selection committee, so very interested to see what is coming from them.
1: Maybe they'll finally be able to turn Austria's luck around, because it's been a while since they've made it to the final. Yeah. Armenia announced who their artist will be. It is Brunette. From the press release, Brunette has been singing since she was four and has been writing music since she was 15. Uh, She has written the music and lyrics to all of her songs, Brunette's songs Night, smoke break and light blue eyes became hits in a short time and have millions of views on YouTube and if you go to her YouTube channel her description just reads hi very difficult to find any information about her particularly when your name is just brunette uh, Yes.
0: can <laughs> we take everybody to a class on search engine optimization
1: please 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 yeah it's it's been very difficult all season but this, this one like especially setting up the Google alert it's just like uh, I have it right now as <laughs> <laughs> armenia Br- brunette. brunette singer armenia do you mean Rosalyn? oh uh, i don't want to know what is going to come through on that google alert until we get something a little bit more specific <laughs> so. just, it
0: truly reminds me of when they were announcing the oscars i believe it was pop crave listed the people instead of anna de armas it just listed blonde she has a name what is her name her name is brunette this is it's, it's, it's very who's on first
1: found her instagram was not able to get any more information from there either but yeah it takes good photos so there's that so <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Yes, Uh, because this is a photography contest. So...
0: (laughs) Georgia was doing another series of The Voice, and the voice winner was going to be their Eurovision entry, and their performer will be Iru Kachinovi, who won Junior Eurovision in 2011 as part of the group Candy. Just knowing that The Voice was involved, dug through some performances. She makes interesting choices as a performer. I will I will say that much. The one I sent you was was just like, oh, it smells like teen spirit. That's that's an interesting choice. And then it's like a disco version.
1: Is this your revenge for all those times I sent you Trinike's cover of Can't Get You Out of My Head? Or-
0: <laughs> what is it with the Georgian? artists and picking songs like yeah because like that's yeah because i had forgotten about that
1: you sent it to me and i was kind of confused by the choices that were being made but then yes
0: I, i don't hate the idea of a disco version of this song i do question mashing it up with daft punks around the world
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that really came out of nowhere. Oh, it smells like Teen Spirit with dancers? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I ended up digging up her Junior Eurovision performance, and Candy Song is also kind of a disco-influenced number. Like, it really reminded me of We Don't Want to Put In, and it got me thinking, why isn't georgia going back to the disco well Mm because that song still holds up uh for many reasons i think it could be a lot of fun if georgia sends a disco banger i wouldn't be mad about it iru seems like she would be game for that yeah it
0: feels like it's certainly in her in her repertoire so like
1: why not do it georgia something to consider we love you we want you to do well i think i think this could be a direction i don't know maybe get sir hat involved in, in some way so that's what's been decided yeah it's time to
0: do all of the stretches because as this is the weekend we have been dreading and preparing for. So many processes are happening. Where where, where do we begin?
1: Uh, well, I guess we should start with Malta, because they did something last week, sort of. They had their semi-final announcement special on Friday, and I think maybe that was what kind like... of put me in a bad headspace uh, before going into Ireland's <laughs> national final. Oh yeah, no, like I watched five <laughs> minutes of like, I'm good. I was under the impression that voting would have opened after the previous Week's quarterfinal presentation. Just be voting will be open for a week, and then we'll do the results. No, no, voting opened at the start of this fourth show, so you had to remember the previous thirty-nine performances. Like they would play clips and stuff, and like interview all the contestants who were pretending to walk on a red carpet, and then eventually that field was cut down to twenty-four entries. It, yeah, like I, I was just angry at how much time was is being wasted by this broadcaster.
0: <laughs> the nightmare of putting 39 things on a screen for people to call in and remember. I'm like I'm glad that you confirmed that they were playing clips cuz like the 5 minutes I watched they were just talking to people and there was nothing of their song.
1: Yeah, well they played clips at the beginning. I don't know if they were playing it during the show cuz really I was I wasn't even paying half attention. Like I just there was audio in the background. You made people watch three separate programs with 40 different people, one of whom has been
0: disqualified for... For posting on social media so that people remember their song and then you have people show up three weeks later to to have voting open up and you're not gonna and like you're gonna play like a clip at the beginning no uh-uh
1: the field's now down to 24 that semi-final will be happening on thursday where it will get cut down to 16 and then the final will be happening on Saturday. I haven't decided if I'm going to watch any of this yet. I feel like I, I should, but at the same time, it's like, what, Malta, what are you doing?
0: Especially because there's entirely a chance, based on last year, that whatever wins is just going to be their artist, and then tomorrow they'll just be like, hey, guess what? We got one of Sweden's offcuts again. No, no. I'm borderline tempted to say, just go search out, search out someone's, like, my top 24 of MESC video on YouTube. It'll be, what, like five minutes? Ugh, if only. Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden yeah. was robbed. I don't know. Sure. I didn't
1: I've heard I've heard none of these songs. I i heard Aiden's song. I was just like, alright, whatever. Like it was it was fine, but not, <laughs> not like, memorable. What... None of none of this was memorable. None of this was memorable. i yeah. Ugh. No, no. It's fine. Yeah. Can we talk about a process that we actually enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lithuania had the first
0: semifinal of Pabandum Isnayo. I was expecting there to be like more of a mix-up between the
1: semifinals. I was too. I thought it would have been like half from the first heat and then half from the second heat and picking from those 10. But yeah, there were only like two swaps that happened between the semifinals. This is really much more of a rehash of the first heat. And next week's semifinal is going to be the same deal, pretty much.
0: This one like kind of shocked me at the end once we saw the televote. The recap was pretty much business as usual. You had your Joseph Junes, your Gabrieluses, your Ruta, etc. Ruta came in second with both the jury and the televote. Petunia won the jury. I really want to know, like, what caused the change with the jury on some of this stuff. But also, Il Senso won the televote. I went back to how did they do in their heat? Were they something that was really up there? And there was a 396% increase in the number of televotes they got between their heat and the semifinal. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a lot, a
1: lot. Huh. Well, I mean, they did kick off the show. So that does mean that they had the longest window because they have the voting going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the show. That's. Very true. But yeah, that that's still a really impressive increase regardless. Yes.
0: Yeah, like it, it makes it one to watch, although they are still kind of low with the jury. So I'm not sure they are a threat to the win, but they're definitely one to keep an eye on with the numbers.
1: I could see them playing spoiler in some way. Yeah. I don't really remember their song and it's not available on Spotify, so it really does not stick in my head at all. I rewatched
0: the performance before this just because it doesn't stick in my head either. It reminds me a lot of Butterflies from years ago which isn't i mean that in a very derogatory way it's it's very sort of classically trained vocal quartet doing a kind of vocally impressive thing and like their harmonies are very good but it's not like it's not the sort of thing I, i watch eurovision for
1: yeah and and it's seems slightly out of step with what lithuania has been sending to eurovision yeah especially with some of the options that are still in the mix i really love need more fun yeah. That's the one that has taken the space in my heart of putting my anxieties on blast.
0: Lyrically, that song is great. I feel like you stay showed up earlier in the performance this time around. My new theory is that she's just very slow at learning choreography. And so like by the time that we get to the final, she's going to be good to go. She'll be on stage the entire time. But like she showed up like midway through this time.
1: The jury still seems to really like her, but the audience has not latched on yet. And I don't see that changing, so I'm not expecting this one to win. But it is a sentimental favorite of mine. I'm sad that Alan Chico did not qualify. Yeah, uh, Although- that was a very rough performance. I thought it seemed off and less precise than the first performance was.
0: Of, yeah, that was that was not the best performance of "Do You." And we also had to say goodbye to Vacuum, which was, I think, my sentimental favorite of the semifinal. <laughs> that is a fun one. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to live in the vacuum where nobody touches me.
1: I noticed that he wasn't as much like mean mugging uh, during that like one heart uh after the first section of the song much more neutral face this time around yes (laughs) these are the details that i really focus on for some reason Uh yeah and then like looking forward
0: to uh this coming week's semifinal I feel like Monica is is pretty safe probably beat rich as well those two are probably through to the final and then we'll see what happens This one
1: I, I feel like it's going to be much more wide open and that was kind of the case with the second semifinal like there really did not seem to be consensus uh, aside from Monica and Beatrich so should be a good show While Norway was happening I was watching Supernova's
0: semifinal I mean I really enjoyed last year's Supernova. This year felt like kind of a response to uh, Latvia's party song getting nowhere near the final because there was a lack of party songs this time around.
1: I still liked a number of the entries. It's just a different vibe this year, which is fine.
0: I like the idea of Marcus Riva getting to finally represent Latvia at some point. I'm not sure I want him to do it with this song.
1: He does not have a melodic voice or or maybe this song doesn't really lend itself to a melodic voice like i feel like the song is serviceable i just mm-hmm. don't know if marcus reaver is the best delivery mechanism for it
0: the one that that satisfied what i come to supernova for was 24th avenue's song it asked the question what if the electronic duo disclosure were vampires and i, I distinctly enjoyed it a lot
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i like that one too i i feel like that one's going to be kind of a tough sell uh at Eurovision.
0: I do not expect it to win for Latvia, but like, I'm just so happy it's in the final because I want to watch that performance again.
1: Yes, I felt like this is what has been missing in Estonia's process the last couple of years. Like it is that kind of art house, weird, but cool energy behind it. Mo- more of this, maybe not necessarily winning, but just more of this sort of more stuff. More things like,
0: like this, because this is the stuff that I absolutely find on YouTube and send to people big, like, this is why you need to watch national finals just people are trying things and it's great and they're not gonna win but i love them i also really enjoyed raum's song i liked his song last year and like i like his sort of early 2000s pop
1: punk energy i really like this one also like i I feel like it's the strongest of the full set
0: yeah like it felt very strong to me in like the one snippet we got like mid voting period of where things were at uh sudden lights appeared to be doing really well with the televoters oh really and they were the one that had that like ridiculous fast drum machine programming thing, which I which I like as like a person who is a music nerd who likes sort of loop pedals and drum machines and that sort of thing.
1: I like the song. My note for it is that it kind of feels more like an album track than a single. Yeah. I don't know how much that actually matters in the way that music is consumed nowadays, but that, that was the kind of distinction that was coming up in my mind and also reminding me a lot of Interpol in good ways.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I get that. I get that. Yes. Of what was presented i would not be mad about realm going through like i think just like that was a very solidly presented entry and a lot
1: of fun louise i i I liked her entry i thought it was a little bit hollow but i think it kind of builds as as it's going along so I, i think that's one that could improve with time
0: this was a process to go from 14 entries to 10 uh so not making it in that mix uh who represented them years ago with heartbeat this performance felt like it had it was still sort of workshopping itself
1: i did not like the vocal at all and like heartbeat was seven years ago and it feels like he has not grown up at all in in that time
0: yeah that's kind of weird this felt like very sort of late period justin bieber but also just like again the performance like he has some bits but he's also just sort of wandering around between them and then one that i liked the idea of uh was
1: inspo's song sway but that was a really rough vocal yeah i actually and and only watched like half that performance and it's like i've got 14 of these to go through I'm just going to move along.
0: There were some ideas there. I I liked the ideas. Did not love the execution.
1: I think they probably could have made a couple more cuts. uh, Oh, absolutely. Cut that down to seven or eight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it should be a good final show. The last major show that happened on Saturday was Sweden's Melfest. It was the first heat for that. Going direct to final is Jan Henrik Fjellgren and Friends and Tuna Sekelius. Going to the semifinal will be Victor Krohn and Ilov and Benny, which means that Lulu Lamat, Eva and Ewa, and Rayan uh, did not make it out of the first heat. What did you think of this round of Melfest? It was a television program that was on. This was like
0: rough and made me think that Melfest has been doing small incremental changes and I think they need to do something larger. Like with the exception of maybe Ava and Ewa's song, all of these felt like various genres of thing that we see every Melfest and that we have
1: seen done better at Melfest. Oh, I would definitely throw Ava and Awa's entry into that as well. Yeah, like in my notes, I have a screams mandatory boomer act set up to fail. That really bothered me but what I did take away from this performance is I would really like to see them as Roxy and Velma in some weird Scandinavian version of Chicago yeah <laughs> no, no, do that immediately
0: like that's yes. that's great uh the Johan fjorgren song he is the lead artist but he feels like the featured artist in that song
1: I get that um at the same time like I I think that was hands down the best entry. oh absolutely that was the best of the night my only note for that is there's this dancer that appears like half Way through that's just kind of hidden by a lot of the smoke machine effects. And it's like, okay, I don't know if this dancer is actually adding anything, so you could probably get rid of them. But mm-hmm. other than that, no notes. Like, I th- I think that song is fantastic.
0: I would like the world for Tunis Achilles. I thought their so- I thought her song was great last year. This feels like a song that was assigned to her, and it
1: is not her song. My first note was that there were seven people on stage, and it was like, Sweden, <laughs> what are you Sweden, doing? Sweden, you know the rules. You're very good at the rules. <laughs> yeah, although 11 and Benny had eight people on stage. So I, I don't know. It's just pure chaos happening in Sweden right now. But uh yeah, it was just kind of like Melfest's take on slow-mo and Fuego and yeah, like, the singles just, released by RuPaul's Drag Race contestants after they're eliminated. It was just like, eh, what? This, this this doesn't feel quite right. I think it was probably the right choice for like
0: the direct-to-final of this batch. Rayhan's song was just vocally all over the place. I didn't like it at all. Lulu Lamad I like the idea of that song, but it's it's, it's a genre we see at, at Melfest and I know. on the other hand I would have picked that over like, whatever the heck Elov and Benny were doing I am watching Americana be reflected back at me through another country's lens and I do not like it
1: I don't like it either but I do have like greased lightning question mark in my notes <laughs> yes so it's like, uh, well yes. I mean we do have to acknowledge that So <laughs> yes just like it's, it's, it's greased lightning
0: but also I'm just so I'm just what is going on
1: yeah Lulu's I, I felt she was just kind of done dirty like it was just like that was just a park and park with lots of lights Yeah, not the strongest start to Melfest. I feel like there's
0: generally a lot of chaff in the last couple Melfests, and like there will be a good song that sticks out but i'm kind of getting tired of wading through 27 songs that they just kind of do
1: yeah especially with the number of returning artists that they have like that was the one mm-hmm. thing that I, I really appreciate about rayon where like you could tell that i was a new person you could tell that this was like first time on a stage of that magnitude but really got to admire the guts of delivering that kind of performance and I, I I think he reached where he was trying to go by the end of the song and it was just a little bit of a journey to get there I hope he comes back uh to some future Melfest, uh even though I just said that <laughs> like all of the returning people well no because it's just like why is Victor crone there again yeah, the song again it is exactly like every other entry that he submitted for Melfest yeah also and...
0: why why is Victor crone warmly welcomed back multiple times when Christus Siegfried tried to cross the the Finland Sweden border and was booed well not yeah. not booed but like immediately placed in like sixth looking ahead to this weekend's edition speaking of returning artists we have Victoria I'm excited to see her back I've enjoyed her previous entries The Oz who was involved last year and then Panatas. Sweden loves an OZ at the end don't they
1: I really liked Panettaus's 2016 entry like that is still in my main Spotify playlist so I'm actually really kind of excited to hear like, what, what they're bringing to the party on Saturday yeah so Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Let's talk about Saturday, because in addition to Sweden... Well, it's San Remo week, so things actually get started on Tuesday. So in Italy, we have 28 contestants. 14 of them will debut their songs on Tuesday. The other half will debut their songs on Wednesday. The Full Field will perform their songs on Thursday. Friday will be the covers night with guest performances. And then on Saturday, pack a sandwich because it's going to go late. Uh.
0: Pack a picnic lunch.
1: It's gonna go late American time. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I thinking it finished at like six thirty Chicago time last year. It's fun, it's a good time, but it's a long show. So um yeah, it's gonna be at least thirty hours of programming, I think, by the time this is all said and done. So, yeah, uh yeah, it's a lot, but it's Italy, so we accept it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's also
0: Italy, so we know that like they're gonna be a bunch of legitimately good songs in the next two. Also happening Estonia's Estee Laul. Where 12 acts have been determined from two semifinals that happened last month. We have Croatia's Dora, where there are 18 songs, including one from Demir Kejo, who won in 2020. Denmark is selecting a mixed eight songs, and they have promised a Kalush orchestra performance as as a bonus. And then Romania also having Selectia Nationala with 12 songs. Also in there, Latvia. Latvia is picking from their
1: from their 10 songs. We've got the other semifinals that are happening, so I think it's like a total of nine shows that are happening on Saturdays. Yes, nine nine shows out of that we are going to get
0: five new entries and like that's not counting any surprises that could happen midweek and there are going to be surprises i almost guarantee it with the future on the horizon that's going to do it for this episode of the what thanks for listening the EuroWhat what podcast is hosted by ben smith that's me and
1: mike mccomb that's me you can find show notes our socials and all the info you need about selection season for eurovision 2023 on our website at eurowhat.com
0: if you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to Patreon.com slash what
1: Next time on the EuroWhat, it will be another jam-packed episode as we go over the results from the upcoming Super Saturday.